Welcome to another edition of Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church. We're so glad you chose to listen with us today, and we pray your life will be blessed through the following message. It's not enough just to give. It's not enough to just invest. It's not enough to just accumulate. What we've got to do is do things God's way. So if we don't understand what our time, our talent, our treasures are, we can't use them properly. If we don't understand them. But we have to first understand who we are. And that's what we spoke about last week was being a kingdom steward. And I just told you a definition for a kingdom steward is a believer who faithfully oversees the protection an expansion of the assets. The assets are the time, the talents, and the treasures that God has entrusted to them to manage on his behalf. And you know, we all have choices in this situation. God blesses us each with different time, different talents. Maybe not different time. That's probably done. Well, he does sort of, doesn't he? I'm going to get into that in just a minute. I just wanted you to think for a minute. But different treasures, different talents as well. We talked about the the, the Lord giving the servants five talents, two talents, and one talent, and kind of how that tied into being a good steward. But we have a choice. What we do with the time, with the talents, with the treasures that God has given us, that's up to us. You know that, right? God's not going to force you to use what he's given you properly. It's up to you. You have a choice. The choices you make, the decisions on how you spend your days, the focus of your mind That is all up to you. I don't think it was coincidence that God laid on dad's heart to pray for our minds today. You see, what we're focusing on is going to pop up in our thoughts and our dreams and our conversations. And if we start seeing things that are not of God popping up, chances are pretty good we've been putting that stuff into our bodies somehow, some way. And we need to take inventory. We have a choice. The Bible says take thoughts captive, right? You might have a thought start, but what you do with that is a choice you have. You think about that, man, I get a choice. You sure do, but so does God. God gets a choice as well. How he blesses you, how he utilizes you, how he trusts you is based on the decisions that you make. If you go and hide your talent like the servant with one talent did, he's not going to be pleased, as we saw in that story last week. But the other is true as well. Whether you have five talents or two talents, The amount doesn't matter. It's what you do with them that God cares about. You see, when the when the servant with five talents doubled that, God said, well done. Let's read exactly what it said. Matthew 25, in verse 21 and 23, they're identical. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Why is it in verse 21 and 23? Because he said the same exact thing to the servant with five talents and the servant with two talents, thus making the point it doesn't matter how many talents God blesses you with. He's looking for you to do something with it. And when you do something with it, he is going to then reward you. He is going to bless you. So we have to understand who we are. We've been made to be stewards. We have to understand whose assets, whose property, whose stuff it is. Anything you can put your hands on, see, hear, taste, touch, it all belongs to the Lord, every bit of it. And we have been birthed to be managers over all of his stuff. And the quicker we get that concept into our minds, the quicker God will be able to utilize the talents he's put inside of us and use us to bless other people. 
You know the coolest part about this concept? You get to use the stuff while God entrusts it to you. You get blessed off of it. So God's taking care of you as well. I gave the example last, last week from Tony Evans. I think it's very fitting about house sitting. And he and his wife would house sit. And they got to utilize the stuff. They got to eat the food. They got to sleep in the beds. They got to watch the TVs. They even got to drive the cars sometimes. But when it was time for them to leave, they had to leave everything. Otherwise, it was called stealing. Because it wasn't their stuff. Guess what? That's the same concept between us and God. When we try to take ownership of God's stuff, he's not going to stand for that. He's not going to stand for that. He's given you three areas to develop and to utilize and to be a steward over. Three areas are time, talents, and treasures. Time, you know, we don't know how much time we have. I hope it's not true, but you may walk out of here and today's your last day on earth. You better make the most of it. But not the way the world says to make the most of it. You better make the most of it the way God instructs you because at some point you're going to meet him. And he will stand in judgment of you and of me. And we'll have to answer for our choices and our actions. And I don't want to say, God, I squandered what you blessed me with. I want to be able to say, Lord, I did everything I could to further your kingdom for your glory. We don't know how much time we have on this earth. we got to use it wisely, as James tells us in chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. It says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city. Spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. I just read an article yesterday about this cruise ship that had been selling packages for a three-year journey. Now, first of all, that's a long time, but there were people excited about it. They had sold apartments and, and possessions so they could afford to be on this cruise for three years. And they were set to sail in less than two weeks until they found out yesterday that they had canceled the cruise. Can you imagine? They're not real happy but there's not a whole lot they can do about it. The cruise is canceled. They'll have to refund the money. They'll get through all that. It, it, it is what it is on that end. But they've been, they've been planning for something that they had no guarantee was going to happen. Guess what? Life and death are the same. Now, look, I know I'm not what you would call a thin man. It's okay. I'm aware. And I understand that it would be better for me if I would get healthier and I'm working on it. That if I would exercise a little bit more and eat healthier. But I got to tell you, what makes it difficult is every once in a while I'll read an article about somebody who trained for marathons and ate healthy and killed over in their 20s. And I'm thinking it did not work for them. I, I don't know. And what's worse is I had a, I, I called him Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob lived to be 90-something, and he smoked and drank and ate bacon and everything all the time. Now, he was thin. He, he wasn't a big guy. So it makes it difficult, right? You know what I've concluded? I don't really know when I'm going to go. How I take care of my body, as a side note, affects how much I can enjoy my life. God didn't intend for me to be overweight, and I've experienced some side effects from that that God never intended. 
But the mission's still the same. I can't use it as an excuse. I still got stuff to do. But I don't know when I'm going to die. You don't know when you're going to die. No man knows the day. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 5. So then, be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That last statement is key. When we hear people talking about making the most of their time, because you hear that phrase from several people, they start making bucket lists. But their bucket lists are consistent with things of the flesh, things that make them happy, things they want to do, things I want to do, right? That's my bucket list. What if our bucket list was written by God? What if our bucket list became like this last word, our last sentence here in Ephesians, that 17th verse, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You think God's going to be happier if you climbed all these mountains and saw all these sights, or if you ministered to people and loved on them and introduced them to our Savior, what's he going to be happier with? And who knows? He might even let you do both. But it's about the mindset. What's your focus? I mean, I've gotten to experience some pretty awesome stuff, and it didn't have anything to do with me or decisions I made. I remember remember going to uh, Braves games. People would give Dad tickets We'd go sit behind home plate. I'm talking two or three rows behind home plate. I sat first base side, three rows up. Anybody remember Andres Galarraga? Big boy. Even bigger when you're only three rows away. And he got plunked that day, and he wasn't real happy about it, and he charged that mound, and it was, I'm sorry, but one of the coolest things I ever saw. And all I can think is, that pitcher's dead. Because Andres Galarraga's nickname was the big cat, and he lived up to it. He was huge. So a few years later, I want to take my boys to the game. I don't have any tickets for free, so I go to buy them. I said, man, you know, I really enjoyed behind home plate. I looked up the ticket prices, and I said, what? I guess I did enjoy it. I had no idea how expensive those tickets were. I thought, I'll go third base side or first base side. The seats I had been sitting in were so amazing, and I didn't pay a dime and didn't even truly appreciate what I had. But, you know, I got to experience that, believe it or not, because of the work my dad was putting in, because of the service that he was doing, because he was ministering to people. He wasn't going after these things. He wasn't looking for people to give him free Braves tickets. He was loving on people, and they, as an expression of love, gave them to him. And he knew I liked baseball. He liked baseball. My brothers liked baseball, so he took us, and we got to go. But it didn't come from seeking Those tickets, it came from seeking the Lord. And so what I'm telling you is, if you will get that mindset on the Lord and become a steward of his stuff, he'll share his stuff with you. And if your dream is to see the Grand Canyon, then I I guarantee you the Lord will make a way for you to do that. I'm just telling you, he wants you to see the stuff he's made. He wants you to experience his love. He wants you to see how awesome he is. You, You know, I didn't appreciate even the leaves changing. Some of you guys drive up to hell and see the leaves changing. I had no interest in that. I'm like, how boring can that be? Ooh, a leaf changed colors. Big deal. 
And I got a little older and I realized it is a pretty big deal because you know what I forgot? I was so used to that happening, I forgot how that happens. We serve a creator that was so amazing in his creation that he made those trees do that. All the beauty. I get why my grandfather loved bird watching. I mean, it was awesome. It is awesome. But you have to understand the creator. But see, God wants us to see his beauty. He wants to see what he's made. You ever made something or done something and nobody commented on it? Tammy's laughing because, listen, she'll cook all the time for us. But let me make one meal and she not say, thank you for that, I'm going to go crazy. And more than likely, I put something in the microwave or heated it up in a uh, oven that was already pre-made, you know. She's cooking from scratch sometimes and uh, not as much as she used to, but she's trying to make me healthy. She's trying to force me to be healthier. But let me do it one time and her not mention it, man, it gets me all frustrated, you know. I want people to know. I want people to see. I just want to thank you. I was made in the image of God. You were made in the image and likeness of God. Guess what? God made all this. You think he wants to keep them to himself? He wants to share it. But there's training that has to be done. He's got to teach us how to be stewards of his stuff. You ever entrusted your most precious things to your young children? I hope the answer is no. It was the most stressful time going to my grandmother's when my kids were little because she kept all the nice china stuff out. And my kids loved to look and touch. But they didn't know how to handle all that stuff. And I was like, oh, Tammy, if they break one of those, we, we're, we may never be able to visit again. It was stressful. You know, they just couldn't handle it. But as they get older, then I begin to trust them with more things and more precious stuff. God's no different. God, God teaches us and trains us. And just like the parable of the talents, when he can trust us with more, guess what he's going to do? He's going to give you more. Not for you. You're a byproduct. You get to enjoy it. But he can now trust you like somebody else did to help you, to bring revelation to you so that you can begin to appreciate who God is. But it's about becoming kingdom stewards, not just stewards, kingdom stewards. Let me move on here. Tony Evans says, time is maximized when it is used to accomplish God's will. Look in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. This is Paul speaking. But I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify solemnly of the gospel of God's grace. Man, that we had that same desire. Understanding who we are and our purpose is so key in having an enjoyable, peaceful life. Later on, Paul wrote to Timothy. This is what he said in chapter 4. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. We need to use our time to finish the course. This is not retirement time. We keep wanting to have the stuff 
and enjoy life the way the world tells us, and it's momentary, it's fleeting, and it never satisfies fully. But if we will simply do things God's way, if we will recognize whose stuff it is, we'll get to appreciate it, we'll get to enjoy it, and we will have a more fulfilled life along the way. You see, time is in God's hands, not ours. So we need to do everything we can with the time that we have to further God's kingdom. Talent. God's blessed you with talent. You may not think you have talent, but you have talent. You have skills. You have abilities. You didn't make that happen. God put that in you for a purpose, for a reason. I do enjoy watching that show, America's Got Talent, and there's some very talented people that appear on that show. But man, if they could catch hold of the vision of the purpose of that talent, man, they could turn this world upside down again like the disciples did for Jesus. Yeah, I can't even tell you what season it was for the guy I followed and he won. Can't even tell you his name now. But in the moment that season, man, it was exciting. It was awesome. But see, that entertainment came and went. Next year, they'll have a new crop. So when we're using the talents is what I'm getting at here, and we're using it to benefit ourselves, that moment's fleeting. It passes. It comes and goes just as quickly. But if we'll find our fulfillment in God and learn to use the talents he's given us, man, I'm telling you, it won't matter what anybody else says. We'll quit working to please other people and we'll work to please the Lord. Our skills, our abilities, those personal traits you have, the spiritual giftings, those are all part of the talents God has blessed you with. And I'll tell you, if you don't know what those are, that's your first journey. Begin to pray, begin to document, begin to allow God to reveal to you what your skills, talents, and abilities are. And then find out how you're supposed to utilize those for his kingdom. Christian stewardship. It's not seen in what you get from God, but rather what God through you can give to others. That's what Christian stewardship is all about. Advance the kingdom of God, not your platform and not your brand. You know, it's interesting to me, and many of you have talked about this with me, and it's, it's not a secret, but Chick-fil-A is one of the most successful companies in the world. And I read an article where McDonald's, uh, as, as early as two years ago, brings in more money than Chick-fil-A does. And you begin to think, oh, wow. But then you read down further in the article, and it tells you that the Chick-fil-A stores, each store individually brings in more than any McDonald's store does. Chick-fil-A stores bring in more money than any other store. So when you look at the money per store, Chick-fil-A exceeds everybody, and they close down one day a week. They're only operating six out of seven days, and all the other businesses operating seven days can't keep up. They're utilizing their talents, their gifts, and abilities to bless people and to serve people, and God blesses them as a result. Use your God-given talents to love and disciple others. That's why we got to figure out what they are so that we know how to love others, so we know how to disciple others. Because didn't Jesus tell us that's what this is all about, is going into the world and making disciples. 
we get so focused on salvation, and I love salvation. You can't be a Christian and not love salvation. But it's not about salvation. Salvation is just step one. It's just the foundation. If you stop there, you've missed the point. It's about making disciples. Jesus didn't tell the disciples, hey, go out and get everybody saved that you can. He said, make disciples. And can I tell you something? Making disciples takes more time than getting people saved. You got to put in the time. Well, if you don't understand the skills, the abilities, the desires that God's put inside of you, you're not going to be able to achieve what God has for you to achieve. See, I've wrestled with what God put on my heart, ministering to those that minister. Because you think about not feeding the hungry, but rather ministering to those that are feeding the hungry, and it seems counterintuitive. But then you drive just around McDonough and you see 10 food pantries and everybody's giving out food. And the reality is we haven't had anybody come to our doors asking for food in a long time. They asked for shelter. We had our Thanksgiving meal Thursday. We normally have 40 or 50 people come. We had about 20 or 25 this year. But I noticed that there were some trucks out near one of the areas uh, that the homeless gather and we have some people that we minister to here that are homeless right now. And I asked them, I said, who was that? And they said, it was another church. They came in and they fed us breakfast this morning. And they took care of us with some clothes. And you're like, man, that is, that is cool, Lord. See, we get stuck on this idea that we're the only ones that can do this. No, 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 no. We're here to serve God. And if God's putting that on another church's heart, then maybe he's moving us into another area. That doesn't mean we're not going to feed people. But our focus is not going to be on just feeding the hungry. That's not what every program and, and fundraiser and everything is going to be focused on. It's going to be focused on reaching out to the defects workers and to the teachers and to the custodians and to the first responders and to those that are going into the jails. You know how many jail ministries there are in Henry County and in Georgia? There are several. There's one down in Jackson they go into the jails every week, and they minister. When we did our night of worship on Halloween, there are a lot of churches that do uh, trunk or treats, or they, they do, uh, what do we call them, the festivals. And they have good intentions, and they put out the message of God. So when we did our night of worship, there was some confusion thinking that we were totally against all that. And what I said to people was no. But what Henry County needs is not another church doing the exact same thing. What we need is something like a night of worship. And I pray those will spring up even more in our neighborhood and our, our communities next year. Because there are already churches that have been called to do the festivals. We used to put on a festival, rather large one. And there weren't a ton of churches doing it at that time. But guess what? There are a lot of churches doing it now. We have to be flexible. we got to listen to what the Lord's asked us to do, but we have to know our skills. we got to know our talents and abilities. It's no different for you. Wherever God's got you right now, he's got you there for a reason and a purpose, but he may shift things. you got to constantly in communication with him. That's what being a good steward is. When God wants his assets and his property, when the Lord came back in the parable of the talents, he was there to collect the talents. And the servants couldn't say, well, I'm the one that made that money for you. 
That wasn't even part of the parable. They got rewarded, but it was God's, and it was always God's. So guess what it's God's to do with what he wants to do? What he's asking us to do is to be stewards, to be servants. One of our main scriptures here at Southside is out of Matthew 22. Our, our, one of our slogans and our main slogan is becoming passionate pursuers of God. Yes, in this place you're loved, accepted, received, and that's, that's a part of this as well, but we want to become passionate pursuers of God. And if you remember from our discussions last year and the year before, this is the verse that really sets that up, Matthew 22, verses 36 through 39. It says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. See, God's saying, love me, and I'll take care of it. I'm not asking you to do anything else but love me. Amen? He's fine. He's okay. I'll take it as a compliment. Amen. <laughs> He's not asking us to do anything but love him. But, you know, through loving somebody, you begin to understand their tendencies, their habits, their desires, their wants, their needs. And then if you truly love somebody, you want to take care of them. So we truly love the Lord. We want to take care of him and his stuff. You know, in my garage, one, two, three, four, six, I think there are nine of those gray tubs. I don't mean the little bitty ones. I mean the big ones. And they are full of precious moments. I have been married to Tammy for 28 years. At least half of those have had those precious moments in my garage. We don't sell them. We don't look at them. We don't do anything with them. And it drives me up a wall when I'm in the garage. But you know why I don't throw those out or do something with them? Number one, they're not mine to do with. They're Tammy's. And because I love her, I don't care how much the space situation annoys me, I wouldn't dare throw those out or get rid of them because they're hers. And I love her, so I'm going to take care of those things. And I've protected them. I've taken care of them. I haven't just done bad things to them. I might have had a thought that I had to take captive every once in a while, but <laughs> so that's what God's saying. As you begin to love him, as you begin to draw into him, you begin to understand your, ta your talents better, and you begin to know what the Lord wants, and you begin to serve him and learn to steward his stuff and take care of it, whether it makes sense to you or not. First Peter chapter 4 says, Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Let me say that again. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Somebody said something about complaints today. Was that Mark? As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another. Notice it didn't say use it to your own benefit. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. Whoa, what a statement that is. Multifaceted grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking actual words of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That was a mic drop moment. That was a mic drop moment. 
for the author of 1 Peter. It's all to his glory. And the quicker we get that through our minds, the better off we're going to be. See, I think we interpret serving the Lord sometimes as punishment. Well, if all I'm ever doing is for everybody else, then how do I ever get to partake? Go back and listen to what I told you earlier. God allows you to utilize his stuff. I'm living in a house that's God's house. But I get to sleep there each night. I get to make meals there or let Tammy make them for me. I, let to, I like to play and, and it just I get to utilize it. But then when God wants me to bring somebody in, love on them, minister to them, feed them, then I got to do that because it's really his, not mine. Let me move on here. The last area is treasures. The treasures are the stuff. That's what we're talking about here. The money, the homes, the vehicles, the material possessions, etc. Could even be your family members. God has allowed you to obtain these items in order to serve him, to bless others and expand the kingdom of God on earth. Let me say that again. God has allowed you and me to obtain these items, not for our benefit, but for his ultimate glory and the benefit of others to expand the kingdom of God on earth. But we have to remember whose stuff it really is. That's what being a kingdom steward is all about. Luke 14, helps us with this. It says, so then none of you can be my disciples who does not give up all his own possessions. There's been a lot of debate, a lot of talk. People ignore that scripture because they don't want to sell everything they have. They don't want to give up everything they have. So let me, let me help you with one very important explanation of this scripture here. You have to be willing to give it up, sell it, or get rid of it if God asks you to. If you don't, you still own a possession. If you can't give it away, it owns you. It possesses you. So when God's saying that if you want to be my disciples, you have to give up all your own possessions, what he's really telling you is nothing belongs to you anyway. Your heart has to be towards God and understand that it's his. And if he wants to give it away, all you are is the delivery boy or the delivery girl. Dad's told the story many times about a a driver for a golf club. Very expensive, very nice. Excited about it. Don't even know if he got to hit it one time. Got it and God immediately said, I need you to give that away. Daddy asked for clarification. God spoke. He got clarification. He asked one more time just to make complete sure that that's what God was asking. But can I tell you, I've been around him a long time, and I guarantee you the clubs I've seen him with are way better than whatever that driver was however many years ago. Guaranteed. The technology is better. My grandfather bought a club a week, it felt like, and when he couldn't hit it, he gave it to Dad. And if Dad didn't like it, I'd get it. We're not talking about rubbish stuff you got at Goodwill. We're talking about brand new equipment. I promise you, he's been blessed way more times than that one driver that he gave away. We get focused on the stuff right then and there, and we don't see the true owner in that. You know what give up means? It means to renounce, to relinquish, to surrender, to submit it to God. Again, our possessions... Your possessions, my possessions, they should not possess us. So here's the test. You want to know if something possesses you? 
Can you give it away? And I don't just mean a couple dollars or shoes or a nice suit or a purse. But what if they ask you to give your house away? What if they ask you to sell the church building that you built? Can you do that? Because if you can't, the possession's on you. And it can't be that way. So here's a few things to keep in mind when you want to know if your stuff owns you. I'm coming to a close here. Stuff owns you when what you have matters more than what God says. Stuff owns you when what you have gets more attention than God in your life. You know, the Lord's really been calling me to watch less TV. And you know what I found out? I'm dealing with an addiction I've had to break and get the Lord to deliver me of. Because I started doing what any addict does and say, I can stop anytime I want. It turns out I can't stop anytime I want. I sit there and start twitching because it's too quiet. I don't know what to do. Maybe yours isn't TV, but I bet you can think of something that you deal with in the same manner. Why is God telling me to do less of that? Because he realizes that right now TV owns me. That's just the truth of it. So I got to get that relationship reversed. I, I don't know. God may never let me watch TV again. I don't know. But the point is that it revealed to me that that had me, had me. TV had me. During the fast that we did a few weeks ago, you should have learned a lot about what has you. You know? We talk about in moderation. But sometimes that moderation turns into a dependency, and we don't even realize it. So God will move us and shake us, especially if we're submitted to him, because he wants us to see that the stuff has started owning us. Stuff owns you when your decisions are based on the stuff and not God's desires for your life. Why do you want to buy what you want to buy? Why do you want to obtain what you want to obtain? Is it to make your life easier? Is it to make your life better? Is it to make your life simpler? That could be the wrong motivation. If we start out with talking to the Lord, he'll show us. Maybe we do want something. God, man, I'd really like a new car. Why? Well, the one I'm in is starting to break down. I've had to do major repairs on it several times. I'm struggling. I can't get around as easy, Lord God. Or, man, I just like that car. I'd really enjoy it. It looks good. I like the leather seats. I like how fast it goes. I like how cool I look in it. I don't know if I can still say that one, but... In my mind, I can, as long as I don't ask anybody else. But you get, do you get what I'm saying here? It's not that God won't let you have what we consider to be cool stuff. It's what are you doing with it? Maybe, maybe getting a pool table for your house is the right thing because you begin to invite neighbors over, and that's the way you get to minister to them and love on them. And while you're doing that, you get to enjoy that pool table. So again, it's not about saying what you can and can't have. It's about... Who are you getting the stuff for? What are the treasures for? Who owns it? God, you, 
or does the stuff own you? Last, stuff owns you when if losing it brings more sorrow than losing time with God. Material possessions are tough enough. If you were to lose a house, I'm sure that would be quite painful. But if we trust the Lord, he'll take care of us. I've told the story before. Dad's told it before. There was a couple in our church that pauses. And she tithed, and he wasn't real thrilled with it. And he kept telling her, if uh, you keep tithing, we're going to lose this house. And she told him in no uncertain terms, then we'll lose the house. And they lost the house. And you're thinking, whoa, 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 I thought if I honored God. But you see, God had a better plan. Because you see, sometime later, Carlos Paz had written a manual for immigration that the government picked up, and they paid him for that, and it was a huge sum of money. Such a huge sum of money, they bought their next house that was a better house. But more importantly, you know what happened to Carlos? God used that to get a hold of him, and he tithed from that day to the day he died. He honored God. He restored that relationship with God that he once had. You see, God had a bigger plan. We see it as God wouldn't allow me to lose a house. He might. Where's your focus? Is it on the house or on God? Let me go one more, and I believe I'm supposed to share this. If you'll just bear with me for a second. What about that loved one? It's one of the most painful things in humans' lives when we lose someone. And especially if that someone is younger than we think they ought to be when they die. And for some people, they will never get over it. And they will even turn away from God. Not understanding the bigger picture and eternity. So I'm going to tell you today, I have examples in my life, and I don't want to call them out. I don't want to tell them it's their story to share. But they've experienced some traumatic pain I have never experienced. I'll, I'll, I'll point one out. My grandfather, which I guess for my dad too, but he was, he was younger then. I don't know how much it affected you, but my, my grandfather lost a, a son. I think uh, Uncle Brad was eight. He was six. Died of leukemia. Tore granddam up. Tore him up. But God was able to eventually get a hold of him. He quit being more sorrowful over Brad than the time he had with God. And he became what all of you knew him to be. Because he allowed God to take that pain and he didn't allow that to possess him. So I want to encourage you that even if it's a family member that you're struggling with, trust the Lord. Continue praying for them. If you've experienced a loss that's still bothering you and hurting you, trust the Lord. Give that to the Lord because you don't want that experience to own you. Because when you submit that to the Lord, he can do for you what he did for my grandfather. He can make you what he wants you to be and use your loss to glorify him. Because you see, as Christians, we ought to understand that this world is temporary. It's temporary. There's an eternal time coming. Eternal time coming. 
So enjoy the time you have with your loved ones. Minister to them as much as you can because we don't know how much time we have with each other. Amen? Let me finish with this right here. The stuff is not for you. You may use it while it's in your possession, but it's God's. Matthew 6, 19 through 21, my last scripture for today. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Don't worry about leaving millions of dollars and houses and cars and businesses to your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and beyond. Worry about leaving a legacy of Jesus, of salvation, of discipleship. Yeah, give the Lord praise. That is way more valuable than any stuff you can leave them. Stand to your feet. I enjoy this subject. I'll keep talking. I am going to keep talking about it in the weeks to come. I encourage you not to just gloss over this subject. We've heard things about being stewards before, but I'm telling you, it, it, this message that, that the Lord has uh, through me right now is it's the right time. Even if you've heard it before, there's something in here that God's wanting to remind you of, refresh your memory about, or bring fresh revelation to you. So I encourage you to take it back. Dissecting. Don't just take my word for it. Test what I'm telling you. Test it with the word of God. Test it with prayer. And then let God bless you. Amen? Amen. Today, I just want to encourage you. Understand whose you are. Your God's. To do with how he wants. But guess what? He loves you. He wants the best for you. So what he's looking for you to do and for me to do is to manage our time, our talents, and our treasures. Amen? Father God, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for the time that you've given us. I thank you for the treasures you've bestowed upon us, and I thank you for the talents you've ingrained in us. Lord, please reveal to us, help us to understand what each of those are in our lives, Father God, individually. Lord, how we're supposed to use those, Father. Help us to continue to sharpen those abilities to your kingdom and to your glory, Father God. May you get the ultimate praise. And Lord God, if there be any possessions that we have that possess us, Lord God, would you reveal that to us today and help us to flip the script, Father God. May we become the kingdom stewards that you've always envisioned us to be. Lord, we ask these things in your precious son's name. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.